0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Praise you, Lord Christ. This year, uh, Pentecost happens to fall on Memorial Day weekend, as you've probably noticed. Pentecost used to be one of uh, up there with Christmas and Easter as one of the big feasts of the church. It actually predates uh, Christmas as uh, one of the really full-bodied feasts. Um, Uh, festivals of the church year it uh, of course celebrates the birth of the Christian church uh, out of the bosom of Judaism but now it seems I'm not sure when the the decline began it's not quite up there with Christmas and Easter uh, in terms of attendance in terms of uh, in terms of enthusiasm about it likewise Memorial Day is no longer celebrated as the important nearly sacred day that it once was with its origins in the Civil War Memorial Day used to be observed really as a quite a solemn occasion now also as you know it's more about barbecue and the Indianapolis 500 car race than it is about honoring men and women who've been killed on the battlefields of our American wars. I don't have a solution for the Memorial Day decline, but I've been pondering a way, and I might be so bold as to offer a small way to think afresh about the way we think about Pentecost here in this place that we call Trinity Episcopal Church. And on those, on that, uh, in that vein, The two passages of scripture that really spoke to me this morning this morning of Pentecost were these from the reading of the book of Acts in our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power in our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power and the other piece from the gospel. Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. So I want to take a brief creative journey for a moment, reimagining these passages from the Bible in what might be a new light. Creativity in the hands of an amateur can be dangerous, so I ask your indulgence. (laughs) when the day of Pentecost had come the people of Trinity Episcopal Church were gathered in one place they sat together behind heavy bronze doors inside a special place that was sometimes hard to find one's way around and sometimes even hard to find at all They were good hearted in word indeed, especially among their own, but many were somewhat afraid to venture beyond their comfort zones and suddenly there was a sound of a violent, rushing wind or at least a bracing breeze. It was the spirit reminding them of what Jesus had said as the father sent me into the world. So I send you into the world. And the people in the church began to speak anew with their voices and lives, and sometimes in other languages too, in a way that people outside their doors could hear and understand. People from Concord, from Acton and Maynard, from Bedford and Carlisle, from Billerica and Chelmsford, as far away as Arlington even. (laughs) And elsewhere. Had already heard these voices, but there were more and more that wanted and needed to hear them. Amazed and bewildered and astonished, people passing by and living nearby asked, Is this Trinity Episcopal Church in Concord? Why, we're hearing them more and more, speaking and doing the wonders of God. I hope that wasn't too painful. We've worked hard and well in the last few years on taking care of one another, of taking care of those within our midst, on pastoral care, kind of the churchy word for it, for one another. We might call this in-reach, reaching in, and it is so important Some of you may remember that in the history of the early church, it was the way Christians cared for one another in community that made the pagan world, those in the in the pagan Roman Empire, say to one another, see how those Christians love one another. It was how they cared for one another that made people on the outside look in and think, wow. In the caring connection here at Trinity, in the ministry of healing prayer, in other small group fellowship opportunities, and in countless, countless other silent and quiet but powerful ways, we are caring for one another. And indeed, in these acts of caring, we witness God's deeds of saving power. But how can we now improve The way that we reach out. We're good at in reach. How can we reach out? Looking beyond ourselves. Looking to those whom we haven't yet met. How can we speak with our voices but especially in our lives. So that people outside these walls will hear the good news. That they need to hear. That we all need to hear. Of the saving power of Jesus found in community. Remember the passage. From the gospel this morning, Jesus tells us, as the Father sent me, so I now send you. Here's another little exercise in imagination. Last weekend, the vestry of this parish spent a Friday evening and a Saturday all day working together on how we might be able to help Trinity become a more welcoming place. For those of you who don't know, the vestry is the body of people elected from the congregation who help clergy and staff discern where the Holy Spirit is calling this parish to go. So the vestry and clergy had gotten together to do some work on this. As part of that work, each vestry member and clergy person had been assigned a fictional character. Each vestry member and clergy was asked to imagine what it would be like to be that person or that group of people coming to Trinity for the first time for example one of us was a mother with two young children one of whom had to go to the bathroom immediately on walking through the front door another was a recently divorced man an alcoholic never before belonged to a church but somehow felt he needed to be here. Perhaps he'd been at an AA meeting on a Saturday evening here. Someone else was a 20-something couple looking to be married. And another person was a 40-something couple with three elementary-school-aged elementary children from a Roman Catholic background looking for a new church home. And we were asked to imagine, well, what would they find As they walked through our doors. Would they come back? Why or why not? Part of being sent out is being receptive to those people whom we don't know yet who are new to us and reaching out to them. In another passage from the Bible, we're reminded that those who entertain strangers have entertained angels. Without knowing it, we're asked to reach beyond our personal comfort zones and to make the effort to greet a stranger. It can be as simple as Hi, my name's Nick. What's yours? And don't worry if you have a bad memory for names, and maybe you've met them already. It doesn't matter. You can then say, I'm not very good at names. We might have met before. The gesture is what matters. One study shows, for example, after the service is over, we have roughly three minutes, maybe five at the most, at the outside, three to five minutes to make some kind of a gesture, a gesture that comes naturally from us, not something that we put on, but something that comes naturally as part of who we are and is appropriate to the person who may be new to us. We have three to five minutes To make that gesture, whatever it is, after that window closes, the chances that they come back drastically are drastically reduced. So we need to be sensitive to those who we may be seeing for the first time around us. But more than that, in addition to that, we're called to go out into the world with a message in our lives. In a few minutes, we'll be dismissed with these words. Let us go forth in the name of Christ. Alleluia, alleluia. What will we do tomorrow that will show that forth in our lives? Even if it is a holiday, it's still a day that God has given us. What will we do that shows that we're going forth in the name of Christ? St. Francis is supposed to have said, Preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. (laughs) On the other hand, somewhere else in scripture, it's written, be ready with a word to explain the hope that is within you. In other words, if someone asks you, why are you doing that? Whatever it might be. And if it comes out of your Christian faith, you can say something like, well, I'm just bumbling along in my Christian journey trying to do my best or whatever makes sense for you to say to have a word when asked about the hope that is within you in just a moment we'll reaffirm our baptismal covenant in supporting the family of Anna Teresa who happens to be Rod, Ron and Liz Barris's granddaughter hope she'll still be with us when we get to that point She'll be baptized in a moment. And along with the family, we make a number of solemn promises that are distinctly outward in their focus. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? Will you seek? Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, all persons loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? Those are tall orders. And it's worth remembering that we also say, I will with God's help. We don't do it alone. We're reaching out here at Trinity to people that are already known to us. And we're doing that very well. Let's work on reaching out to those who are not yet here, who may need to be here, those well beyond our walls who may never come here but still need the word of life in our actions, in our acts of compassion and justice-making. It's what Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, is telling us to do. As the Father sent me, so I send you. It's what Pentecost is about. Amen.